a different kind of Monday here on the Online Inquirer podcast. We've got our All-American, Jay Wayman, talking about a loss. It's been two months since we've done that, Jay. And this one did have some Indiana vibes. Something about the Big Ten East, uh, bottom half of the Big Ten East teams, where Illinois is struggling here. But uh, 23-15, obviously we'll dive into red zone issues. We'll dive into sure. – I want to dive into you. Um, some teams attacking Ryan Walters in a certain way. But yeah, um, what do you take away from, from this loss mostly? Well, first and foremost, I think the level of consistency we've seen from Illinois the last two months has been pretty astounding. Um, so I wouldn't worry about the quality of this podcast being great. We're used to after lost podcasts. We, we was kind of a new thing for us, actually, for the last six, seven weeks where we had to like, hey, well, we, it's, it's only good news. So it's going to be a great show. But I would just say um, it's, it's common for a team, especially in, uh, you know, I would say transcending levels of football, meaning that they're going from a lower level to maybe a mid-level, maybe an upper mid-level program to not be super consistent every week. I mean, the level of consistent they, consistency they showed was really a testament to the coaching staff and uh, the player development and the leadership on this team. And so nothing that I saw wasn't correctable, um, but there were certainly some like boneheaded, silly mistakes where one of those seasons we were just like, you know, we've all been to the games. We're just like, this is so Illinois and you hate to have that. And that's what they're trying to change. It just was a little bit of, you know, some of that same stuff. Yeah. Jay, like, I guess none of these issues were too surprising because we've seen some of them during these, this week, sure. right. Uh, including special teams that we'll dive into, but Illinois is going to be in a lot of close games, right? They are not at the talent level where Michigan, Ohio state going to blow out a lot of teams, right. Sure. In the big 10. So the Bielema era is going to have a lot of these close games and you just can't make enough mistakes. And the what makes Wisconsin and Iowa so fantastic over the last decade is the consistency with which they didn't make those mistakes. Illinois made too many of them, right? Uh, um, way way, way too many. Game. Yeah, I mean, and, and even Northwestern to a degree when they've been good have not made those mistakes off of the model of Wisconsin and Iowa. So a couple key factors in the in this in this game. Number one, Oh, for five on fourth down. I mean, we've kind of lived and died by fourth down uh, and mostly lived during the six game streak. I mean, I can think of the Minnesota game specifically where we had a couple fourth down conversions. Um, if you're having a lot of fourth down tries, you're not very good on third down either. That's a hint, right? So not good on third down, not good on third down, not good in the red zone uh, and AKA and short yardage. Okay. And um, you know, I, I count the, those as turnovers too. Like, I mean, like you can't go. So let's just say, let's just say three of them were turnovers. The punt was a turnover and chase Brown's not catching the pitch was definitely a turnover. Right. So you can't have three or four turnovers and, you know, have bad special teams play and expect to win. But here's the deal. I think what's encouraging is in a game like this, maybe two years ago, this score would probably be 42 to seven. I mean, we we were a chance to tie it up at the very end of the game. I mean, it was slight, but I mean, it, you know, it was in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was still a game. And so those things, I think the turnovers, which is counts the fourth down, the red zone and the special teams. And also for the first time, um, I thought the offense and defense got out schemed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we'll get into that, but um, both of them got out schemed a little bit. Good good coaching job by Mel Tucker and his staff and Scotty Hazelton. Yeah, um, two drives. Illinois had a chance to tie that game up. 
right? In, in the fourth quarter, they, sure. they got to the 19, turn it over on downs. They got to the 25 and the game was over. Um, so they, they did have a chance. I'm not looking for, you know, huge, you know, moral victories here, but right. they did come back and have a chance to, to win this game. Let's get on those short yardage situations, Jay. And I include red zone in that third down, I think is important. Second down sometimes is important here, uh, but fourth down, obviously not, not getting any of those. Um, why is that so difficult? And I know Barry Lonnie has evaluated this, but Bielma has evaluated this. Why are they struggling so much? It, it, to me, I watched a film and it's not just one issue. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it, I don't Number one. I don't think it's one issue. I, I think, um, I don't think we're getting the push we want from our three, our three center guys, like our center guard guard. And that, and when you think, when you think short yardage, you, you have to have kind of the point of the spear right there. And um, I certainly think they played well, but at times, especially when they get stacked noses on them or they have extra pressure coming up through that a gap, which we, we, we did not do a great job uh, mitigating, not just on short yardage. It's been very difficult. Um, I've seen a lot of push from that offensive line, but in those situations, it seems like our lines caving in a, a bit and, and, any back who has to cut before he hits the line of scrimmage, usually that's a negative play, right? No matter how good your back is, if he has to – I was watching Derrick Henry last night. Listen, even if he has to cut before he, he gets going, it's going to make him restart and slow down. So I think that's number one. Number two, I think it is a confidence thing. I just don't think they have confidence right now that they can go do that. I'm not sure why, but it seems like they seem to get a little bit tight in that scenario. And then number three – um, everything is more condensed. I I think it's going to help with getting Tip Ryman more involved. I like I like to see that because I think he's a big red zone factor uh, that we could probably tap into. We saw him on the two point conversion. We saw him I think on the first drive get down to the three yard line on the little out route. Um, but I, I we haven't we don't have many big bodies just to go up and catch the ball. We've tried to hit high tower. Sometimes we had to Pat Bryant maybe last week on the fade route, but we, we have real trouble completing passes in the red zone, partially because we don't have a ton of huge bodies in there to actually do jump ball. So those are a lot of factors that I'll say about the red zone and short yardage, but there's other factors too. Yeah, Jay, I want, I want to start like it's it's tough as an offensive coordinator when you can't get that push. It looks really easy when you get that. Like at Wisconsin, it looked really easy when they sneak it. Uh, I got to credit to Michigan State's D-line. I thought they were better than, than I thought they would be coming into this game. But then you have to get creative. And you know, I, I think Barry Lonnie has gotten creative. Um, you know, some of these plays that are – I mean, the successful one, Isaiah Williams scoring a touchdown, Tip Ryman, two-point conversion – I thought the the Tommy DeVito run wasn't a bad idea. I don't think it was blocked very well. Uh, and then the pass was open on fourth down. We'll, we'll dive into it on, on the on the film room. But Tommy DeVito seemed to miss his guy. Pat Bryant didn't know who the ball was going to. There there was a miscommunication. So Williams was open, or one of the guys was open. Both of them. <laughs> no, they were open. He just threw it right in between them. So I, there was a miscommunication. Whether, whether Chase would have got tackled on the – fourth down or not I, I don't know I'd have to look if he catches that clean again well what's what's so difficult what people don't realize is on a fourth down play to take a pitch a running back has to see the ball in before he can make a juke where he can actually when if he did a handoff it's the responsibility of the quarterback to get in the ball in the gut and his eyes are already looking before he gets the ball right so I get it 
that that play has been used on fourth and down, fourth down and man coverage for a lot, a lot of years. I think you just stopped. I thought that was a creative play because because the way they kind of set it up, you know, and Devito, they were once they clamped down, it was like kind of a pitch out. So like, I don't think it's um, schematically. I, I think Barry's had some good ideas, right? I really do. I, I like that he's he's a risk taker. But People I think this aren't going to like that, Chad. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he said some good ideas. I think we really struggle to stretch the field yes. and get explosive plays. I mean, if you had told me had 288 yards passing and, and Chase would have 130 yards rushing, I'd say, how much would we win by? Right. Um, so I know people aren't necessarily going to like it, but I think he's, he's worlds better than Tony Peterson. Okay. We don't have one guy that can really stretch the field right now and get open. And we're feeling that, right? And we felt the field position. Listen, we had, we had, we had drive of 80 yards down to the 19 in the fourth quarter. Took six, seven minutes off, which is not what you wanted to do at that point of the game, but you did. But you started at the one. And, and so there's a lot of different things where, hey, wait, wait a second. If, if maybe we start at the 40 or 50. There's only so many plays that an, a, that an offense can do with before the self-destruction sets in with penalties, right? And that's what kind of happened. You're right, Jay. This is an offense that has to have like – 10 plus plays most of the time, which is why these Isaiah Williams long touchdowns are great. There's great blocking, but you brought it up. Um, Michigan state with their scheme, they are so loaded on chase Brown. Right. And, and it feels like you have to play off that. That's why I like the tight ends getting involved, but they did not respect Illinois stretching the field whatsoever. No. And Illinois guys really struggled to get separation. I think all three sacks were coverage sacks. Yeah. Uh, so, so what does Illinois have to do there uh, sure. to find some space? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If DeVito – yeah, I think you're right. So I don't think the protection was horrible. I do think he just had – just nobody was open. And it did a decent job of containing DeVito, where usually DeVito could slip out, maybe dump it off or throw it away. I thought Xavier Henderson played a really good football game uh, as far as run support and being over the top. I thought – I know one of their corners was out. Uh, was it Chester Kimbrough or maybe somebody else? One of their corners I thought was out because of the – uh, what was it? The tunnel incident. But, but I thought the corners played really well. Now, bes- beside that, but I don't know what the key is to get him open. I thought the tight end was open all day, mm-hmm. and 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 that makes sense. Here's why the tight ends open is because you know if you're going to man up on people, the linebackers have to man up on the tight end, and they have to man up on the running back. Well, if I'm trying to stop the running back, it's easy to man up on the running back because I'm going wherever you want. But the tight end, the, the tough one, right? Because I now I'm going to run past conflict because I've got a like I've got a gap and I've got the tight end, and so that's why Tip Ryman was open. But as far as the other receivers, not really open. I, I would have loved to see, and I know this is you know um, not a sexy route, dude. The little whip route to uh, Isaiah, I mean, so so smooth. And then come back with that, fake the whip, and do a drive route, right? I mean, all day. I mean, those are things that you can get out in in two seconds and do it over and over, and he's your best matchup. I thought he needed to touch the ball more. I mean, he's been great. He's been sensational the last couple of games, Jay, and he he continues to get better. So seven targets, five catches, like – I feel like he could be a fourth, like fourth down guy, third down guy. Like right. I know you want to run it up the middle sometimes, but teams are scheming for that. You got to have, I think these quick routes, like you're saying, um, the tight end rollouts, because those guys are finding so much space right now. Yeah, the tight end rollouts. I think we got to get Isaiah in in space. Uh, you know, with the drive route, the whip route, and here's the deal: like you do that, you do that four or five times a game, and then you do a, a double move once a game to Isaiah and let him let him get up the field, right? Um, I think Pat Bryant's going to be a good football player. I think he is. I think he's still young, too. 
I think he's going to be a good football player. I also think we need to bang the, the RPO was there as far as the slant route. Let's keep banging the RPO. Now, did we not get a couple calls that were questionable on where they were definitely letting them play on the pass interference stuff? I mean, it was a, it was a pretty physical game. And usually that, that goes in the favor of Illinois because Illinois is very, very handsy, very, very physical. Right. So I think it's just, it's difficult. And that's what I saw offensively. I would like to see more of that stuff as far as drive routes, whip routes going deep, but we struggle to stretch the field. I know that's a recruiting priority. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. RJ, let's flip to the defense. Um, this is the second week in a row. I think the opposing offensive coordinator has had a clear um, scheme or plan to attack Illinois' aggression, attack Ryan Walters' aggression, attack the the front four, because they had seven receptions for 70 yards by their running backs, four catches by their tight ends. Those, those screen passes are are really hurting Illinois. So what – how does Ryan Walters combat this? Because what makes them so good is is his aggression sometimes, but teams starting to exploit it. Yeah, I mean, so usually your screen downs are, you know, second and long and, you know, third and long, you're just trying to get some yards back. We've seen them mix it up on first down, though, even teams because of the amount of pressure. And really a screen is done because it gives the illusion that you're going to get a sack, that you're going to have a pressure, right? You're going to have – you're going to get a sack, but it's to basically bait you in and throw over the top, right? And takes kind of takes advantage of um, your aggression. And so I think first and foremost, I think our D-line has been fantastic. I don't think they've been great at identifying screen. Um, if a guy just lets you through, you're good, but you ain't that good. And you got to backtrack and you've got to support some. Um, so num- that, that and that number two is I think some of those were actual mental errors as well. I mean, Brett mentioned some mental errors, but like it's one thing to have the running back beat you on a spring. It's one another thing to have nobody around the running back at all, right? There's there's got to be someone um, you know, identifying for a long time we were green dogging the running back, which basically means hey, if the running back stays in the block, which was what the first offensive corners were trying to do, let's get more protection. Hey, you just go and you add to the rush and you beat that running back and try to get to the quarterback. Well, now they're slipping the running back out. And that's kind of the option number one. This isn't just like the check down. This is like where the play's meant to go, right? And I think that's been the difficult thing is that against Nebraska and this, they, they've really, really kind of come at our linebackers uh, with man-to-man coverage on backs, man-to-man coverage on tight ends, and got us in situations where we're blitzing. We have five, six guys near the quarterback. He dumps it over us, and now it's all of a sudden it's seven guys on – four defenders and we're trying to make plays and it's usually 15, 20 yard gain. Yeah. And the other thing that hasn't hurt Illinois all year is injuries. And it certainly did. I, Tyler Strain's putting in a tough spot, right. Against one of the best in the country and, and Jaden Reed and even Quan Martin, you know, struggled with some, some man to man. I mean, right. good coverage. Jaden Reed making some plays, uh, but that's what's hard, hard about Michigan State is I thought Devin Witherspoon shut down Keon Coleman most of the day, but they have another guy, right? That that can make plays in, in Jaden Reed. And I mean, that's a great point about Spoon. I mean, I mean, Coleman didn't do anything. No. 
I mean, n- nothing. It, it's almost like Spoon, and you, you kind of forget about him. He also had five tackles. He tackled well. Um, but you, you think about Spoon is he just erases a whole player off of the field. But Jaden Reed moves a lot, round a lot, and Strang got tied up on him. Taz Nicholson got banged up, I think, with a head injury again, we think, was in protocol at least. And Quan Martin, although he had good coverage, you know, they made some a back shoulder catch that was phenomenal, right? And we need to make some of those catches, to be frank, you know. That 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 was really the difference. Those 50-50 balls have gone Illinois' way. They didn't go this way. Fourth, fourth down has gone Illinois' way, didn't go their way. Third down has gone Illinois' way, didn't go their way. You know, turnovers for the most part going Illinois' way, didn't go their way. So, I mean, all those things stacked up um, and to only lose by eight points, it's, it, you know, it, there's some positives there, but certainly we're not an elite football team yet. I don't know if there's one positive special teams last year. Mm. Like that, that was as ugly of a special teams game. And I get it. The wind certainly impacted it, but it didn't impact Michigan state very much. Bryce no. Berenger is fantastic. Um, Hugh Robertson. I don't know how you miss a punt like that. That was, that was a low point, but even kick return, man, like Peyton Vining and letting the ball hit the ground and Isaiah Williams letting one go over his head and then picking it up after a bounce. There's a lot to clean up on that. Well, there was, there was a couple things. First and foremost, I thought Bryce Beringer's punt into the wind was actually good in the first quarter. Was it was was really good. Second of all, um, you know Peyton Vining did not have a good game. We need to move our guys up. You need to like either just fair catch it, you know, do what you need to do. We almost had a couple of turnovers on kickoff yeah. uh, because of what happened. Uh, Pat Bryant, I think, came in for him and had a decent return. Was it Pat Bryant later in the game? I think had a decent return. I was I was furious about the punt stuff because listen if if a punter's ever punting with the wind this is your time for a return. I mean I mean it's going to be a long punt you would think with, with Bryce Berenger, right? Get your return ready. Like even if you got a you know he could have caught that one that went out at the 1 too as well. And that that bounced I think at the 12 or something. He could have caught that and that would have been a huge difference. Right. That, that, that 20 yards was the difference of us not scoring that drive. Right. Because we start at the one instead of the 20. So I, I thought special teams has to be certainly evaluated. I uh, it's I think it's very obvious that that was a big contributor to losing the football game. Um, and, you know, Brett didn't say it, but just said we have to value what we're asking him to do, which basically says I think it's going to be an open competition on on the punt and whatnot and what, what we're going to do. But that was a huge issue. Yeah, it's it's obviously uh, they added a scholarship kicker and punter in this class for a reason. They need they need upgrade, and it just makes you appreciate Jay what you had the last couple of years. Because even though the rest of the team wasn't all that great, man, Blake Hayes and James McCourt, and and even guys like Don Navarro and Dre Brown were, were fantastic. Yeah, solid dudes. I mean, and and here's the deal: you don't have to be a burner to be a great kickoff guy, right? right? Pierre Thomas will show you that. I, I saw Hasim Haskins is the returner for the Tennessee Titans last night. I'm like, dude, like you don't have to be a burner to be, you, you have to be, Hey, catch the ball. Number one, solid. And you don't, it's not like you have to, we're not going to have like a, a guy who just burned it. Just a guy that's really solid. We just haven't had it. Jay, uh, I'll give you one little segment here for positives. Devin Witherspoon was one of them. John <laughs> was a game record drive record a couple of times. And I thought Isaiah Williams is maybe playing some of his best ball here. Yeah. I think I, listen, I think Isaiah, Isaiah is coming along as a receiver. I think he's got a ways to go a little bit as the punt returner. 
We talked about that. But as a receiver, great. I actually thought, you know, Chase Brown would also say it wasn't his, his best game uh, just with the fumbles and, and the ball carrying. But I also – he really helped with that touchdown with Isaiah Williams. He does a lot, you know, and, you know, he's still at 130 yards, and I don't think he ever – I don't think he ever complains. So, I I, you know, I think Chase has kind of set a very high standard for himself. Witherspoon we talked about. Johnny Newton, I mean, I, I think he's an All-American uh, the way that he's playing. Um, he, no chance he comes back, right? Like this, <laughs> I don't know what else. No chance he comes back. Yeah. <laughs> I, at this point, I don't, I don't think so. You know, I think Johnny is set to be, I, I know he's a little bit on the shorter side for a D tackle, but um, you know, I, I think if he was six, five, he'd probably be at Alabama. So it's probably good. He's on the shorter side for us. Uh, but, but, I don't know, man. When you're this productive as a defensive lineman in a position where he he could play a three technique, he plays that four eye kind of defensive end right now, and he's played in different positions, so he's really valuable uh, for a lot of people. So when we needed a big stop or negative two play, he was the guy, you know. And so I, I think he's been very solid. Uh, I thought that for the most part, though, they did a tremendous job blocking our D line. Uh, Coleman and Akis didn't get the pre- when we had pressure. But Peyton Thorne was more mobile than you thought. Um, you know, I just I just thought we 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 just didn't we just didn't have the edge defensively, it seemed like that we usually do where we just shut the door on people. And part of that was just some bad breaks with with field position too. All right, Jay, the good news is you still control your own destiny here in the West. Any of the metrics will tell you you barely lost any possibility or uh, probability or odds to, to to win the Big Ten West. Purdue loses, which means everybody gets a little more muddled. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa all have uh, increased chances to win the West, but it's right in front of you, Jay. You beat Purdue. You're most likely going to win the West as long as you take care of business. One of the final two games, you'd clinch it. Um, huge matchup, though, against Purdue. We've kind of been waiting for this. I don't know if they were looking ahead but maybe some of us fans, we were looking ahead to this matchup, but it still means a ton. So what do you think are the keys to, to bounce back and take a huge step towards a Big Ten championship game here? Well, it's, what's what's interesting is that both these teams are coming off really disappointing performances. I mean, I think Purdue lost 24-3 maybe. And, and, and the wind was a big factor. I know. I would have, you know, I thought the wind was going to be a huge advantage for Illinois. Uh, it, it turned out not to be. Uh, and, and Tommy actually threw the football pretty well in, in the win. I mean, regarding that, I mean, he was a solid, I, I don't want to, that's another positive too. I don't want to throw Tommy to the you know dogs. Cause I thought 25 of 37 for two, eight, eight, two touchdowns, no interceptions in a windy day. That's really good ball. You know, uh, could he have made some different throws? Sure. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, overall pretty good, but I mean, how do you bounce back? Uh, I think, First of all, I think Brett's got it under control. I got a lot of confidence in that. Okay. I never thought that the other coaches necessarily had it under control. I do think Brett has it under control. I, you know, I hate to be so cliche that they're going to learn from this, but I do think it's a good wake up call before the most important game in the West right now, before Michigan and before a Big Ten championship. Though, wait a second, we can't just walk out and beat people without doing these basic things. And so I think it's, I'm not saying it's a good loss, but I do think it's about as harmless a loss as you said as you could have, right? It's not like all is lost from that. And so I think it's going back to the basics, but I think this this team will rise and fall based on their offensive line. I really believe that. And I think that the offensive line did not play 
like they have played the previous games. And if Illinois, if a Brett Bielema team is going to win, the offensive line has to be great. We know what the defense has. Certainly wasn't their best performance. Certainly wasn't a bad performance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it that. They were put in some pretty precarious situations. But this is an offensive line run football team when it comes to protecting the quarterback and running the football. And if they don't play better, it's going to be a long day. If they do play better, we're going to control the clock. They're going to have about 20 minutes of possession. We're going to have 40 minutes of possession. And the score is going to be about 30 to 14. That's what it's going to, going to happen if you play it out there. If they don't and they, and they can't finish in the red zone, we're going to get into a scoring match where we've got to score late. And you don't want to be in the fourth quarter scoring late with Purdue because that's how they find out how to win games. That's what we don't want. So yeah, that's a very long-winded answer. I give you guys lots of long-winded answers, but that's what I had to break it down for you. And that's the one thing we, we kind of had to find out was, is this team capable of coming back and winning a game? And to be honest with you, Jay, I think they showed they kind of can't. Like that, that was what was kind of encouraging is you didn't, but I think DeVito showed he could. Now I, I want to bring this back. Like very only we're talking about red zone issues and, you know, some of the calls are there. Some maybe you can change some things. Uh, but are they being too predictable otherwise? Like, like an early in the game, like is you talked about stretching the field a little bit. Does he have to force that? Like, see, I I, I could see it both ways. So yeah. was he predictable against Wisconsin when Chase Brown had like 40 yards in the first half right. and, and says, we're going to keep banging it. We're going to keep banging it because it's body blows and he's going to break one. Right. Well, it looks like a genius then. Well, he was right. You know, right. Where if he doesn't break one, it looks like, oh, we're so predictable, run this. Listen, our best player offensively is Chase Brown. Everybody and their brother knows he's going to get the ball 25 to 30 times a game. That's just what it is. We can, we can, we can do, you know, it's going to look like this. About four or five inside zones, about four or five outside zones, about six or seven counters, one or two pitches, you know, three or four draws. Like – that that's what they do. Like there's five or six run plays that, that, that that's who we are. So my that's my that's for me, it comes down to the O-line. Like this is who we are. And the O-line's gotta know this is who we are. And I and I I love what Alex Palcheski said. Dude, the short yardage in the red zone is killing me, right? Because we're it, that's on us. And I think they get that, but this is an offensive line driven team. This is why I was why I've been surprised at how good they've been this year. I, I, you know, I know Brett will tell you he saw seven and two coming from a mile away. You know, I never saw it. Right. I probably thought they'd be 500 at this point, a four and four football team battling to get into a bowl game late. And the thing that's made the difference though, we know the defense has been great, has been the offensive line. To me, that's been the biggest surprise. And what I was so shocked was that Barry Lunny said maybe last week or two weeks ago that he felt the best about his offensive line coming out of spring. And that was news to me, you know? And so that's how much they think about this offensive line. That means that the offensive coordinator says, I feel the best of all my groups, the offensive line. If they don't play good, we're not good. And I think they haven't got a ton of pub because, you know, Chase is really good and DeVito's really, really outpaced expectations. But I think it comes down to that. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm rambling now, but that that's that's really what I want to focus on. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're on basketball, you have Kofi Coburn and you keep going to it. Like Teams are going to know, it, hey, they have to stop it. And if you have a bad shooting night, you have a bad shooting night. Like around him. Right? I mean, here's the deal. You've got a running back who's, I'm not going to say guaranteed 100 yards a game, but, you know. Kind of. Kind of. And, and 
Although he hasn't had a ton of breakaways, he's literally a cut or two away a lot from making a big play. And it's it's dangerous out there. I mean, so for, for defense, he opens up a ton of other things too for other people. And so that's why I think the emergence of – I think Tip Ryman is going to be an NFL tight end. I really do. I think uh, – I look at his development. I got a chance to be on the field close to him a couple of weeks ago. He's a big individual. And, uh, you know, I think both in blocking – and now we're seeing in the past, he's just a sophomore, right? I mean, maybe he's just a freshman based on everything. I don't know, I don't know what all the different things, but I think he's just a sophomore. And, you know, I think he could be in Brett Bielema's system, who's, who's, who's churned out a lot of good tight ends, a really good player for us in the future. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we should be predicting weather impacts anymore after last week, but 35 <laughs> degrees, 20 mile an hour winds on Saturday, Jerry. <sighs> You would, mean, think, again, you, would think, you would you would think that's good for Illinois, right? I mean, here's the thing. I, I think that I do think historically, and I, I can't prove this. I've been to a lot of different stadiums. I've been on the field a lot of different places in the Big Ten. I would say the wind is one of the biggest factors at Memorial Stadium. The way it's built is is one of the more windy stadiums, especially if it comes from the south. Um, it was even more before they had the north end zone. It would really whip in there. Um, but it, it seems to be a, it seems to be a bigger factor at, at Illinois than than anything. Maybe because we're just the flattest state in the country. So, yeah. What do you expect, Jay? Just to, uh, before I let you go, what do you expect that the staff is telling the team? What, what do you think the leaders are telling the team after bouncing back and having a huge game coming up? I think I think that's I think. Listen, it's they're feeling a lot better today than they did they felt yesterday. I'll tell you that much. Um, Sundays are hard. Go and watch the tape. You see mistakes that are made, uh, and you know you just didn't play as well as you could have. But I think it, it comes down to – I've always said this. Great football teams in the Big Ten, they can run the ball and stop the run. Average teams do one or the other. The bad teams can't do either, right? And they've got to get back to, hey, absolutely no running the football and on defense and running the football on offense. I think they're going to get to that. And I think the defense got its pride hurt a little bit. I mean, they're a really proud defense. I think giving up 23 points to a Michigan State's team and then, you know, kind of remind them of the Indiana game of just not being able to get a stop when you want it sometimes. I think they're going to come up with a chip on their shoulder. I think the offense is going to be ready to roll. And I think we're going to learn from it. Jalen, you're the goods, man. Uh, we'll talk next week after what could be a, a monstrous, or we know will be a monstrous result either way uh, in the Big Ten West. All right, take care. Great stuff, as always, from Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker. You can hear him here every Monday on the Illini Enquirer podcast after an Illinois football game. I've been doing it during the bye weeks as well. We're just lucky to have him. And uh, great film review this week with Jay Lehman. So that'll be up on the website later this week. Definitely check it out. We go over just the red zone issues and talk about what happened on the plays. What happened with the play call? What could have been better execution-wise? What maybe we would have changed about how the play was called or how the play was run, uh, as well as you know what Barry Lunny can do moving forward and what he did well in some short-yarded situations uh, during that game. So I think it's very important to go through all that context rather than just think, oh, it's the offensive coordinator is not good at this. Uh, I think we need to know it's an issue that Barry Lunny knowingly and Brett Bielema knowingly have to address and get better at but when you see these plays, you can see, okay, the play call, the play design, some of them are there, some of them are not. 
What works? What's not working? Why isn't it working? JLM does a good job of kind of filling us in on that and Barry Lonnie's challenge in correcting those things. So definitely be on the lookout on the site for that this week. Thank you as always for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Appreciate you. Uh, give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday afternoon or evening, uh, Illinois basketball season starts tonight, and uh, we're going across the street. We just did uh, Brett Bielema's press conferences and all that. We're going across the street to State Farm Center to cover the first basketball game for a new look Illini team. We will be doing the live podcast after basketball games as well, so check us out on YouTube. We'll be there. I'll tweet out the link. Before we do it, about 10, 15 minutes before. So get ready for that. We love doing the live post-game podcast. Given our reaction to that as Illinois plays Eastern Illinois, it's our first real game look at this new look Illini basketball team. Obviously, I had some uh, things to t sharpen after an exhibition game, but that's why they play the exhibition games. It's just going to be a fascinating season. So check us out on YouTube. We'll, of course, upload the uh, audio as well to the podcast feed. So appreciate your support in all those ways. And check us out at the website as well. You can go VIP at all times, $1 for your first month. And this is the busiest month. And I got to put out a personal shout out here. November is my busiest work month. Uh, we got football going on. You got basketball starting. You have basketball signing day. You have football with this late recruiting push, right? So I am ridiculously busy, which puts a lot on my wife, Tiffany. And Tiffany's birthday month is November. Her birthday is Monday today, November 7th. And I'm here in Champaign all day. Um, basically doing my job, and she's fantastic about it. So I had the kids write out some cards, got her a little gift, going to take her out for dinner uh, tomorrow night. But uh, she doesn't listen to this stuff. She asked me a little bit about the job, how everything's going, stuff like that, of course. But uh, I like to focus on things other than my job. But she is so important to why we've had success at Illini Inquire, why I can spend so much time doing this job. Um, she is phenomenal and she's part of our business, right? She, she runs a lot of the finances of our business, which I'm terrible at. She's really good at. Um, so without her, this website would not be possible. This podcast would not be possible. All of it. So just want to shout out her because she doesn't get enough love out there. She won't listen to this, but I want you guys to know I got a great woman behind me and she has been uh, fantastic in her support of me doing this. So happy birthday, darling. Appreciate you more than you know. All right, thank you as always for listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll chat to you next time, oh, in a few hours on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.